Y'all, we're back with another episode. I have been waiting to host this podcast with Elise for well over a year and we just haven't been able to make it happen and I think she is the most wonderful badass human being and I look up to her so so much for all the things that she does in life. She is so 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 talented and so 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 kind. So here we go with the baddest fucking babe. Please listen carefully. We have been waiting to do this. Has it been? It's probably been over a year. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute because I looked at your intake form and it's it's not even like the nails. It's just like Bad Babes Co. And I was like, oh my gosh, this was like so fucking long ago. So long ago. <laughs> but like, I'm so excited for you to share your story. Um, you moved with someone you you didn't know very well to Vancouver, and then you had a company, the Cease and Desist from Tiffany Co. There are so many questions I have. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> very, very weird and wild ride. It's super funny because just yesterday when I had my Zoom meeting, like at work, um, everyone has to give each other the warm and fuzzies. Like that's what we get paid to sit on our meeting and do. And someone was like, I just really admire, admire like your courage. Like that's so courageous that you just like moved to Vancouver. And I was like, that is so flattering that you call my irrational decision-making courageous like I just that's such a nice spin on it I love I love that oh my god yes <laughs> um yeah I uh I, I went to Vancouver when I was 18 um the guy that I was talking to out there is also from like around here and he played in a band which is how I knew him um and he moved there like with his girlfriend at the time they got there they split up whatever nothing was funky there and uh we just stayed in touch and he was like they had broken up and my sister had just passed away so like my parents were really distracted and I was like yeah is it cool if I go to Vancouver and visit my friend and they were like yeah uh -huh, yeah here's some money bye have it have a great day I didn't know him like in real life like we just talked on MSN messenger remember that throwback to MSN oh yeah. my goodness so we just talked online and then yeah I was supposed to go for four days so he picked me up at the airport, which is the first time I'd ever seen him, like, in real life. Was that scary? I don't know. Like, I just don't think that hard about the choices that I make when <laughs> I'm in them. Do you know? Yep, I know. So I got there, and he picked me up at the airport, and we went back to his apartment, which was in this, like, shitty part of town. And it was, like, all the walls were brown stucco. Like, it was such a gross place. <sighs> and, uh... Yeah, I called my parents a couple days later and I said that I wasn't going to come home. So I canceled my flight and I didn't come home. So you were 18 years old? Yeah. And so then they, and your sister had just passed? Yeah. My so sister had just passed away. Um, so like the going out there, they were just distracted and were like, yeah, yeah, bye, have a great time. And then when I said I wasn't going to come home. I was like, yeah, you can just sell my car. Like, I don't need it. I'm just going to stay. And then every time I tell this story, when I get to this part, people are like, well, how long did you stay for? Um, 12 years. Oh my God. Okay. So like, did you like fall in love? Did you oh yeah. We're, we're, we're still married. We're, uh, oh my gosh. We're our 11 year anniversary of being married and we've been together 13 years. Uh, and yeah, we have two kids and all of it worked out fine. <laughs> Just, just getting there was wild. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was the same person. That makes sense now. <laughs> so you stayed out there for 12 years. What did you do? You started a business out there, right? 
Um, when I first went out there, I was fresh out of college. So I was doing hair, which I'm very bad at. So I didn't do it for very long. Um, and then I did like makeup on like film, like student film sets and like their local television station. And then flash forward like a while. And I started a baby accessories business um, that was wildly successful in Vancouver. Not so much here. Obviously, the demographic is very different. Um, what brought on, like, what made you decide to do, like, the baby stuff? I was pregnant at the time with my second baby, and it was going to be a girl. So I was just making stuff. Like, I, I just was, like, making headbands and, like, blankets and, like, whatever. And my mom used to send a box of, like, I don't know, craft stuff, like, every, like, month. And so I was just making stuff and we were like super dirt poor and we had like, we had no money and cause I wasn't working and I didn't qualify for maternity leave cause I hadn't been on either end of it very long. Like I hadn't worked long enough to collect it. So, um, my husband was like, why don't you just start an Etsy business? And I was like, yeah, okay. So I started, it took a month to get my first sale. Um, and it was like a tie dye headband. And it got lost in the mail. So that was like a shitty start. Um, but she was super lovely. And then it just like spread like wildfire. And then everything got a little better. Like when I first started, it was like super shitty. And I was making them out of like 50 cent sheets of felt from Michael's and like taping a paper pattern to it and cutting it. Like it was so ridiculous. And this local store in my neighborhood gave me the chance to like wholesale to them. And like, they obviously saw something in me or potential because certainly the product I was giving them was, was not great. <laughs> the honesty. <laughs> yeah, it was rough, but they like totally welcomed me with open arms and gave me such a, like, gave me a chance. And um, yeah, man, then it just got like wild from there. And then everything improved slowly. Like I weeded out some products. We narrowed it down to some things instead of using felt from Michael's. I started using... Uh, leather and then it just, yeah it just went it just went crazy now did they was it because of like working through the wholesale and like they gave you the opportunity that brought in more money that allowed you to like level up the materials or was it just like how did that process like transition it was a little bit of both like they gave me the opportunity and then they started taking way better photos than I was taking like on top of my dryer and that sparked like me working harder on that aesthetic, which then made my Instagram get a little bit better. And then when things started moving faster, um, my mom, um, gave me money to buy the things that I needed. So I bought a die cut machine and I bought like leather and wool felt. And then eventually at the end, like I was buying full bolts of wool felt. I was having my dyes custom made overseas, like, like the whole crazy. nine yards. <laughs> yeah. So how long I had to have my elastic like custom dyed. So I had to order 5,200 yards of elastic to have it custom dyed. And I lived in an 800 square foot condo. So our second bathroom was like stacked to the ceiling in the bathtub of like felt and elastic. <laughs> That's really a true craft room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it was hardcore. <laughs> so when did you transition over? Then you sold the business in Vancouver? No. Um, okay. When we moved back here, I, I came home first. Um, I had been offered like a makeup gig through, um, Smashbox. And so I came home first and I started working and I was able to work quite a bit. And then my husband stayed in Vancouver and sent money home for a couple of months till he got here. And then 
I couldn't keep up. Like I had to work full time. And then I was working like at that point when I moved back here, um, like I had just closed a contract with West coast kids for seven stores across Canada. And I make all of that one at a time by myself. Like, so I, I just like, I couldn't keep up. I was having him work. I was, I had two employees, like, but you know what it's like, like I'm like on quality control, like, no, that's just (laughs) work for me. So it just, it just ended up kind of falling in my lap that someone was interested in buying it. But I think in like my entrepreneurial like life, like that was definitely like my highest achieving moments. Like that, those, those bows were like in vogue and glamour and photographs on celebrity kids. Like it was wild. What? That's insane. How did that, like, how did, who contacts you and is like, or did they just buy the product and they were just taking pictures? Like, how did that come about? Like, well, when I was in Vancouver, I met a group of women who also owned baby businesses and we became like a little group of friends, which is actually how I got into like, that's how I got into Vogue because the one girl had been, so she connected me with the other woman. And one of my very wonderful friends was born and raised in LA and is friends with Haley Duff. They went to school together and they actually own a clothing company together now. Oh my gosh. Um, so she asked me if I would give her a bunch of stuff to send to her. Yeah, no shit. And you're like, yep, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So totally like who you know. Yeah, I was going to say how much of business, because you since then have done several other things. I feel like you're like the Swiss army of human beings. Like you do so many different things and like every like Bad, Bad Babes Co. came out. Like all your photographs are so beautiful. The, like the material, like the content is so good. And then your nails, I'm like, oh my God, like your creativity just never stops. <laughs> I don't know. What just, do you, but I do want to ask about because of that connection, like, because I think that's something a lot of people know, but maybe not everyone is like how much of business or, or anything in any, any industry really is networking and like who, you know, more than what you necessarily can do or what <laughs> you sell. I, I think it's, I think it's both. But I think when you set out, like, it's really, especially, like, Windsor is such a different beast than Vancouver because it's, like, a bajillion times the size. And in Windsor, everyone's very closely connected. So I think the most important thing is to start off on a good foot and be welcoming and set yourself up for success with, like, a good attitude and a good aura so that people want to, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when I started when I was working for Smashbox, I got poached by a shopper's drug mart here to okay. come and work for them. Okay. So I took that job and that's where I met my best friend, Sierra. Yeah. We worked together. She got hired like two weeks before me. <laughs> I feel like my boss feels felt so much regret like after because Jesus Christ, like the shit we used to do at work. Like, can you please tell me? Oh my God. Like, okay. So they never really like watch the security cameras unless there's a theft. Cause then they have to review the tapes. So when there would be a theft, you're like, Oh fuck. Like we've been eating Cheetos behind the counter. Like we've been standing around dancing. Like we're on our iPads watching YouTube. Like they're going to find all this when they watch the tapes tomorrow. Oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) So funny. And actually at the time that Sierra and I were working together at shoppers, it was like our first couple of months working together. She had hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. Oh shit. And so 
we bought her a cake and we had this whole little thing at work and it was the best. And now she has 30,000. So now when people are like, oh my God, like a lot of that stems from like her, like I'm super lucky because one, I'm lucky that I found her and that I have her. She's the best. And with no prompt or no asking, she's always wearing my shirts and she's always wearing my nails and all like always like so that's how a lot of the followers end up like trickling in or like my other like people buying sweaters or whatever it might be a lot of it every time I'm like yeah well my best friend has 30,000 Instagram followers so it helps (laughs) (laughs) she is fucking awesome I I asked her to be on the podcast as well I can't wait for her episode because I every time I watch her stuff I'm just like am I I'm like a little kid with like big eyes I'm like wow I can't do makeup or shit so when I see you guys do your stuff I'm like I can barely put ma- regular mascara on without getting it all the way up my fucking eyelids, let alone eyeshadow and she does her eyebrows and you guys do all these cool makeup things. Like, honestly, I deep can't. in the vault, there's a video of the two that we made a YouTube video of like getting yeah. right there and it was a shit show and it was super funny and it, we edited it, but it never went any further. But people ask us every time they're like, for Christmas, can we see this fucking video? Cause it's, it's a shit show. Why haven't she, why would you guys shared it? I remember you guys posting like little clips on Instagram story. And I'm like, wait, where's the video? At the time that I had filmed that, I had to open a YouTube account to upload a video to apply for like a professional gig thing through shoppers. Oh, and yeah. so I didn't want to upload that immediately after and then see like my professional things like, yes, like, ah, and then be like, your, your tasted man is as shitty as your eyelash glue. Like it, yeah, so that's why it didn't get uploaded for a while. Fair, fair. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so walk me through going into Bad Babes Co. And now you have Bad Babes Nails. Like, where was the transition? And you guys have Puff Cotton Candy. Like, you got so much stuff going on. What, Puff what is made- something that I started when we moved here because, one, there is a company in Vancouver that operates a very similar model to that. But, of course, it's a huge city and it hasn't been seen here. So... It, that is some of the plus of coming from a big space to a little space is you can take that like parts of that idea and move it home. Um, Puff was something I started because when we did move back here and I was working full time, my husband was not, he was staying home cause my baby wasn't at school yet. And so I kind of started Puff and pushed it off the ground so that he could make an income and have some thing to do while I wasn't here. So whenever you see Puff or if you're ever at like an event and Puff is there, it's always him. It's never me. If you order cotton candy, he's the one who makes it. If you're buying cotton candy at like the night market or whatever, it's him there. Like it's really has nothing to do with me. I, I pushed it off the ground so that he could like do it himself. Yeah. Do you do all the photography and stuff yourself? I, yeah, I have, I have a light box from Amazon. It's like nothing special. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good though. It's so good. I was going to say, do you have like a photography background? Like it's, it's interesting because so many of these local businesses for what I say anyways, everyone has such like such a good aesthetic and is really talented behind the camera. And it, it helps like that pushes business when your stuff looks good as hell. (laughs) No, it's true. It's super true. Um, with my baby stuff, like I bought like a little Amazon box on like a light box with those two lamps on Amazon. And on Sundays I would line up a pile of shit and I would put it all in the box and I would like take the content photos for the week. Um, now, like even right now you're looking at me in my office, like I have these like outrageous LED panels here. There's two of them. (laughs) So when I take nail photos, those LED 
panels are my makeup lights, but they're just up here in my office to take photos. So everything's really well lit. But even my first business, that business did like a couple grand a month at its height. And I ran that whole thing off my iPhone. I didn't have a computer. I ran the whole thing off my phone. I took all the photos off my phone. I uploaded all my like listings, everything. I did everything off my iPhone. What would you, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start, whether it's nails, clothing, whatever their company is, what's like your, probably your best business advice for someone like, cause I feel like a lot of people don't want to start because, and I'm guilty of doing this too. Like you want everything to be the best right away. And then that just makes you not start. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's true. Um, I think the most important thing is just you, like you have to start somewhere. You can improve as you're going along. And I did that with my baby business. I was sewing, there was blankets and fabric wipes and there was like a big array of stuff before it narrowed down. And my packaging was a cardboard piece of paper that I stamped with a freaking stamp that said Peekabloom. Like it was shit. <laughs> and then I got into the MTV gifting suites and I was like, okay, well my cardboard shit just isn't going to cut it. So I hired someone to make like proper packaging for me. And when I saw it, I was like, embarrassed that I hadn't been doing that because I was like holy crap this is gorgeous and then moving from there I narrowed it to like buying it on Vistaprint like everybody else does no shame in that game mm -hmm. and then everything like that moment is where everything honed in to like what you saw at the very end of my like life span there mm -hmm. but I started with shitty plastic felt and I was taking photos on a sugar can on top of my dryer it's so ridiculous and so when people ask me, I will literally send them a photo of A and B. I'm like, I started here and this is where I finished. You don't just, you don't just start here. No. And I think that's what a lot of people want to see and gives people confidence to like go after whatever their dream is, whatever they want to start online. Like, I love that you took photos on top of a dryer. That's just like the funniest. That's like the most. It was the only thing. place I had a light. Like, <laughs> But even like you see like Sierra and how amazing her photos are and how far she's gotten. She takes her photos on her fucking cell phone. Like that's amazing. And she edits them on her cell phone. And she like, obviously she uses her camera and stuff for like video and whatever, but she operates a large portion of that on her phone too. I don't think you need that shit. Like you just don't no. like we were talking the other day about, um, one of my other best friends wanting to start a podcast. And when we met up to talk about it, she was like, well, we need equipment and we need this. I'm like, we don't, man. Like, we really don't. Just set the, set this shit up and just start talking. Like, you don't need all this to get to this. You, you earn this later. Yeah. But it doesn't, it shouldn't stop you from starting. You don't need right. any of that. You'll and get there. Exactly. And that's the thing. That's the biggest question I get is people asking me about, like, what gear you need. And I'm always like, A, what's your budget? If you don't have one, that's fucking fine. Do you have a phone? Great. Let's begin. Um, but two, you don't want to go in people like, but I want the, I want the mic and I want this and I want that. I'm like, okay, but you might not love this and you don't really want to invest 500, $2,000 in equipment. And then two months later be like, all right, there are my six episodes and I'm done. That's a big, like, that's a big, uh, toll to take on your bank account for something you might not stay in consistently. So I always try and be like, do this on your phone. 99% of people cannot tell the difference in audio. 
The only people that can are people that are in audio. And if you have any of those followers, well then fuck them. They can decide if they want to listen or not. But like, just go and do it. Use your phone, use your headphones, just start creating the content first because that's all that matters. And then if you fall in love with it and really dig it, then we move to the mic, then we move to the pop filter, then we move to whatever, if you want a mobile setup or a computer setup, whatever. But just fucking start somewhere. And I have to take my own advice. Sometimes I'm like the worst at that because I sit on ideas for years and don't do them. But <laughs> but that, that's really what it is. Even to like, to transition from clothing to nails, like it wasn't like a big monumental thing. Like it's not a secret that clothing margins are terrible. Like they just are. And when someone's bought their babe supporting babes sweatshirt, what else are they going to buy? Like that's, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. I had opened a clothing company several years ago for River Canards where I grew up. Um, and I just stopped it at doing it because I just became really overwhelmed. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But it's, I, you constantly, like, you just keep coming up with different logos. And then, like, like, like you're saying, once people have a tee or have a sweater, then, they, like, they've got their stuff. So how do you even keep that going? Is that what you found? Is that why you ended up trailing into doing nails? Or is, like, what was the, the switchover? Yeah, like, that is kind of why I had stopped. Like, we were just printing kind of, like, a similar line kind of all the way down. And once people have it, that's it. Yeah. And... If you're not in person selling at those markets, it just sits there. And shipping shirts is really expensive too. Shipping bows, I used to put in an envelope with a dollar eighty stamp, like you're good to go. Shipping sweaters or whatever is way more. It just all the margins just like, uh, it's too much. It just it's shit. Like it's exhausting. That's and then, go ahead. You know, kind of like everything else. Hi. Like, that's Dolores. Hi, Dolores. Um just sort of like everything else like the, the nail shit just fell in my lap man like it just in vancouver like it's not hard to get the style and the aesthetic that i like and you walk down the block there's some incredible artists there it's not difficult to find that that style in windsor of course it's very difficult so i started driving so far i started driving the lansing to get my nails done every five weeks so that's like two hours each way um, but she was fucking amazing and very talented and super knowledgeable and willing to like share her knowledge. And the particular system that I use, she, um, was using as well. And at my last appointment, I was like, listen, do you like this system? I've been reviewing it. Like I'm into it. She's like, it's fucking great. Let's take off your nails and we'll use the system. And once we were doing the system, my husband happened to be with me at that appointment she was like, okay, so like, you're going to hold the light for her like this. And you're going to like, she was fucking great. And really like planted the seed. And I was like, cool, I can go home and I can do this myself and no like grind to her. Cause she's fucking so talented, but it's just really far. And I couldn't squeeze like the four hour commute into my week. Mm -hmm. And one, the dollar is awful. And two, because she is very talented, her work is very expensive. Yeah. So when I ordered the system at home, I did my, I did Sierra's nails first. So I opened this box and there's an e-file in it and I've never used an e-file on a person. I was like, Hey bro, come over here. And like, she just lets me fuck it. She just let me do it. And, um, is the e-file, the spinny thing, like, is that yeah. what that is? Oh, dangerous. Cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's no big deal. It's totally all right. 
So she just fucking let me use this e-file on her goddamn hands and I put a set of nails on her and I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. And then here we are. <laughs> and then here we are. I want to go back and do you have that set of nails like on your Instagram? I don't, but I do still have it. They stayed on, I think, for two days. <laughs> for two days. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say two weeks and I was going to be like, damn, that's impressive. like, man, that's so good. It <laughs> stayed for two days. But I really only started and I bought all this shit because I just wanted to do my own nails because the Swarovskis are super fucking expensive on a nor- for a normal person, but especially when someone's reselling them to you, like it's so expensive. So I was like, yeah, I can just do my own nails. Like, that's cool. I, I can put down the basics. I got this. And then people are like, how'd you get, because my best friend's got 30,000 followers, man. So I do her nails and then everyone wants to know where she's getting her nails done. And here we are. I mean, I think that's super sweet because you keep mentioning about Sierra and like her followers and stuff, but like genuinely and truly like, you are so fucking talented and people might come to your page from that way, but like they're staying because you're fucking a badass bitch. <laughs> like your stuff is like meticulous. I don't have my nails done. You can see my, my little baby hands. I used to wear claws, but um, I like, then I couldn't type and do all my stuff. Then I was just like, okay, fuck this. And I took them off. But every not time and again, I'm like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get them. Maybe at Christmas, maybe I'll get them just for a couple weeks. And then they stay on for six months and I just, and I just, a back and forth situation like that. <laughs> but you, totally so basically funny. you're just self-taught. I mean, I did take the full cosmetology program in, at St. Clair. Like I did, but it's very basic. And I took that so long ago. So you have to kind of relearn and there's fucking no shame in that game. I get this. The beauty community is fucking hard. Okay. They're hard on each other. It's a very difficult space to be in. And people think you're less than because you are self-taught. Like, girl, it's 2020. Anyone can learn anything on the internet, and that is acceptable. It is very much fine to not have gone to school. Maybe you don't have the fucking means to. Like, that's all good, dude. It's cool. Yeah. But I did go to school, and I just had to, like, kind of brush up on the skill. Mm -hmm. And then right before all this wild pandemic, literally a week before this all happened, I... Um, paid an astronomical amount of money to go to New York for 24 hours to take a class exclusively with like the brand themselves. Okay. And you can't go now? <laughs> I did. I went. Oh, literally. I went, oh. I went for 24 hours. I came home and then this shit started. Like <laughs> it was, we got on the plane. Like my mom was really hardcore. We had masks. We had Lysol wipes. We were fucking, we were in it. Um, so then when I went to the class, you know, you get cocky and you're like, oh, I'm so good. And I'm in this class. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I haven't done any of these things. It was, it was amazing. Uh, the woman who ran the class, like the two women who ran the class are the women who own it from the ground up, which is wild to wow. even start with. Yeah. And their, their nail artists are fucking crazy. Like f- wild. The work is insane. It's stunning. I learned so much. And what was great was when I came home, that now I'm the only certified like tech in like the area, which is great. And I told Sierra, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to take this class, man. But like, I'm only going to go for the day. She's like, cool. I got the day off. And we went to New York together for 24 hours. I love you guys. It's fucking amazing. Like who's best friend? It's like, yeah, I'll just go to New York with you. Fucking let's go. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have to be in this class for six hours. She's like, it's cool. I'll just wander around. It's fine. I'll meet you back when this is over at five. Bye. Like, oh my God. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's amazing. We're a fucking great team. 
I honestly, like, I just want to see that video even more now. Like, just in, like, in my back of my mind, I'm like, I just I have to see this now. And more. Are you guys, would you guys do more? Or, like, I guess pandemic kind of have, has, like, put a rock in that, I suppose. Um, like, I think we would. The thing is, though, like, um, she's really skilled in, like, editing software, and I'm not. And so a lot of it would fall on her. And I don't know that she is interested in taking that on. Yeah. Just drag me along with her <laughs> it would be never be dragging you along I guess but like it's it's so funny and I think like it's really funny because when people see us on her Instagram story people like I'm at work in the mall people are like oh my god are you Sierra's friend like I love watching you guys on Instagram like it's so funny it's like, fuck <laughs> just a celebrity it's fine <laughs> Oh my god. And every time, like, I get, like, packages of stuff from, like, a brand, I open it and I send her a video and I'm like, I'm Sierra Jewel and I just got this PR. She's like, fuck you. Like, I hate you so much because she's so humble and when I say something about her, like, in her, like, influencer status, she's like, don't call me that. Like, shut up and don't call me that. <laughs> I remember I commented, she was doing a live video and I commented something like, you're such, like, a badass. Like, I think she's just, like, the coolest fucking person. She's like, I'm really not. And I'm like, but you are. Like, oh, my God. Like, she's, like, literally, like, the most humble person ever. And I think there's nothing better than, like, wild success happening to people who are, like, so fucking lovely and genuine and, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk more about struggle, things you have gone through. You wrote about a cease and desist from Tiffany & Co. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, when I started that business, I like it, it came from struggle. Like we, I was, my son was a baby. He was like one and a half and I was pregnant and I barely had any mat leave pay. It was like $180 bi-weekly. Like it was a joke. And you're living in the most expensive city in Canada. So I started it because like we, we were fucking super broke. Like I remember oh my God, my mom's going to hear this on here and she's going to be fucking devastated because I never told her and she's going to be so sad. Like when I went to Vancouver and I like just balls to the wall, fucking didn't come home. Like I always know that my mom will bail me out. So it's not courageous or whatever. I just know that I have like a really good safety net. So I'm able to make these, you know, giant leaps of faith because I know no matter what, if I hated Vancouver and it was miserable and I was having a hard time, I would call my mom. She'd put me on the next plane home and I would be it. But when we were really struggling and I was so fat and pregnant and dragging my toddler to the food bank, I was like, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's there to be accessed, but it was so awful. Like it was such a hard time for me to have to like take my son to see this. And when you go there, especially in the neighborhood we lived in, you're like, you see some shit. And I felt terrible. And I know like when my mom hears that, she's going to be super upset because I could have just called my mom and told her, but my mom does literally everything for me and there's, I don't always want to have to ask for her help because, you know, I know she'll do it, but we were like, it was low. Like we were, I was dragging my toddler to the food bank and my husband like wouldn't eat for like a couple, a day or two so that there was enough food so that my pregnant self and my baby could eat. It was so awful. So and you built that's how Pika Bloom started. He was like, why don't you're making all this stuff? Why don't you just do this? And like this, it paid off. And then through all of that, like I've never been in business. I don't fucking know anything. So all this like just shit came up and I didn't, I didn't know to buy 
this one's better than the cease and desist. I didn't know about buying a domain. I had no idea. When you buy an Etsy shop or when you start an Etsy shop, Etsy assigns you a domain and like, that's what you use. And I was getting ready for the MTV gifting suites and my card said .etsy.com. And he was like, why don't you buy the domain? So it just fucking says .com. So I go to buy the domain and the domain isn't available. And I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. So I type Peekabloom Baby into the search bar and it brings me redirected to my direct competitor's website. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. My stuff is handmade, but the clip um, that was like made it unique, we shared that clip. Her stuff is like from, like she orders it in bulk from overseas and sells it. Um, but the clip is the same idea. So she feels like we're like kind of on the whatever. So yeah, I'm fucking, I have to, I have to hire a trademark lawyer. I have no fucking idea what any of this is. I didn't know about buying a domain. I didn't know about trademarking my name. I had no idea about any of this shit. And you get like throttled into it with like this huge lawyer bill because I'm like, what the fuck? You're typing in Peekabloom Baby and it's bringing you to this broad. I'm like, this is like, that's deep scheming. Like, that's fucked. How long was she doing that for? I have no idea. Did you ever talk to her about it? Um, I had to, like, the lawyer had to send her, like, a big, long fucking letter. And I, it cost me, like, thousands of dollars for all of that. And then she had the audacity to send it back, return to sender unopened. Because, like, they email you too, right? So she yeah. got the email. And she didn't release the domain to me, but she stopped redirecting it. And my lawyer was like, well, if you want the domain, you have to fight about it. Blah. I'm like, fuck, I'm not into that. I just wanted to stop going there. But yeah. yeah, for like months, it had been redirecting and I had no idea. And there's like tons of business that was just being redirected to your direct competitor. Isn't that fucking wild? Oh my God. Who the fuck does that? That's so yeah, man. fucked. I was like, what a rude awakening. But I just, I didn't know. And now when I move into things like, yeah, I trademark shit to begin with and I fucking buy domains and like you'll learn some things because what an aggressive fucking move. When I got a cease and desist from Tiffany and Co, it was literally just like a cease and desist because I was calling the color of blue, Tiffany blue in my listings. And they sent me a cease and desist and we're like, yeah, you can't do that. And then did you have to do, get lawyers involved on that one or was it just- No, I just was like, oh fuck. And so I changed it to like Robin's Egg Blue and it was fine. (gasps) It it wasn't like that hardcore, but the other one was fucking hardcore. How long did that like last? Was it like weeks, months? Like, is that Um, like a month or two? That's fucking stressful though. And especially when you have money involved and lawyers involved, like, oh, how old were you? Um, 24. Like that's- (laughs) that's fucked and it's it's so funny when I and I've heard this from another local podcast that she launched her podcast or whatever and then like within the first like week and a half had like this woman calling her being like I don't know who you think you are this is our podcast name and I was like well bitch like fuck we're a community it's fine and she changed it and it was fine but this woman like was a lawyer and wanted to get like into it with her and she's like bro like I'm like I don't know, 26 years old, like, have the name, just having, exactly, I'm just having fun, man, like, just trying to bring the community together, and when I did River Canard and Co., I had the same, there's a guy, he'll never listen to this, there's a guy that owns, like, the convenience store on the corner, and he tried to sue me, because I named my business River Canard and Co., because I went general, so I could sell whatever the fuck I wanted, and his company's name is River Canard Canoe Company, sorry, bro, you chose a shitty fucking 
niche market, but like was so pissed. And we had actually built up like a package to go into the store. And again, it's like a fucking convenience store, man. Don't get me wrong. He's done great fucking things and does the canoe thing and is great for the little community and sets up picnics, tables and all the shit. It's great. I haven't been in there since the day he tried to sue us, but I was 24 at the time. This dude is like 60. His Facebook profile account says he worked at NASA and is also a lawyer. And I'm like, what the f- nope that's not true i know you (laughs) and then he sends me like a six-year-old man sending me like a message like i don't know who the fuck you think you are like you don't own river canard blah 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 and i was like bro neither do you like i'm just trying to spread some love and like all my messages are like so frou-frou i'm not like a confrontational person at all and i'm just like i just want to spread the community i was hoping we could actually meet up and maybe sell our stuff in your store blah blah blah. he was just not having it he was a very angry old man and thank god for my dad who was just like just have him call me. Just give him my number if he wants to chat. And I was like, okay. <laughs> call my dad. Thanks. I was like, just call this number and ask for Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and he never like, did. It's hard because in that brand, like, those those things are trademarked. And it's the only thing to you that's not proprietary. So, like, you go hard. And, man, like, owning that business made me so fucking mean. Like, I'd see people making bows and, like, using a hashtag, and I was like, yeah. So, I fucking own that trademark, so, yeah. Get the fuck rid of that. I Like, I was a monster, dude. But, that's why you pay the trademark fee, and yeah. it's the only thing that's yours that's not keeping someone from doing other shit. Like, now I'm in the beauty community doing this, and it's fucking hard. Because yeah. everywhere you turn, there's these people fucking coming out of the woodwork doing all this shit and there's nothing to protect you or keep you from like keep you protected from that yeah with the exception of like that's why I forked out all that dough and flew to fucking New York for 24 hours to get that certification because that's the only thing now that can set me apart I don't have a a trademark or a proprietary business or any of that shit to keep that's just mine why is that is that like what is the difference because like anyone can anyone can order the system and do nails you know? okay. So like, yeah, I might do it better than so-and-so or my style might be different than so-and-so, but it's accessible really to anyone. It's accessible really to anybody, which is why I'm like the investment in like, you, that's like the best way to invest in yourself really. Right. It's like now I'm like, Oh, but I'm the only like certified tech. And when I went to that class, like yeah, I had been self-taught. And when I was in that room, I was like, oh my God, like this is blowing my fucking mind. Like, it's really not as simple as like you're led to believe via YouTube. It yeah. is, but it isn't like, you know, there's definitely more layers to it. What would you say has been like the hardest thing in doing the nails? Is it more the business side or like the creative side? Like what has been the most challenging? Um, I think the hardest part, honestly, has been, like, the people, the community around you. It's like, I don't know how to say it without being a total fucking cow. Like, (laughs) you know how it can be, like, when people see you doing better than them in a space that they don't feel like you belong, they fucking mad. Yeah. And they're going to talk shit and try to tear you down in this and that. And that's why, like, someone's trying to tear you down because you don't have a diploma. Like, fuck, dude, you don't need that. 2020, teach yourself whatever the fuck you want, man. And there's no shame in that game at all. I think it's almost better. You taught yourself that? Fuck shit, that's amazing. Like, hell yeah. 
Yeah. Like I just, the, literally when I graduated that program, I don't know what I ever did with my diploma. The only reason I had to go back to get another one because you need it to buy beauty supplies. Okay. To like prove to them that you graduated the program. Otherwise, like that's how little it fucking means to me. Like I didn't even know where it was. Like I had to go get another one. <laughs> <laughs> when you say like the community was hard, are you talking more about like the, the makeup, the cosmetics industry or more of like the Windsor industry or Windsor community? I think it's like the Windsor community. Okay. And I get it, right? Like it's, it's a space you feel like you're nailing yeah. and you're excelling in. And when someone new comes in with bigger, not bigger, that's not a nice word, like more wild ideas or like just a fucking different style than you, man. Like we're not all the same shit. There's not everyone who likes nails as long as mine with shit all over them. Like that's just not everyone's jam. Yeah. But for those of us who it is, there hasn't been anyone to go and seek that out. So you think you've maybe like nailed it down and then someone comes in with this like flashy wild shit. Yeah. And like you feel like maybe you feel threatened. Like I hope I wouldn't make someone feel that way purposely like on my own accord. But if you take it that way, you get, you know, like everybody else, like a normal thing, you get defensive, you start, it's just working. It's, it's, it's troubling. Yeah. And I think the system that I use is like now that it's really accessible, like when it came, when I was getting it done in the States, like no one was doing it here. I fucking wouldn't have been driving four hours to get it done. So when I ordered it and I started doing it, it didn't take very long for 10 people to be offering the same thing now. Yeah. But I think like what you're doing and like what you're saying, like the competition portion of it is like when you come in and you're doing something that it, again, like hasn't really been done. It says more about the person that is being offended than it does about your work. It's not, I don't really think at the end of the day, it's about like you coming in and doing something. It's about them realizing they're not doing enough or maybe they want to do enough and haven't been And it. it it's a hard, it's a hard realm of like, you have to like kind of like, a, like um, cone yourself to like people's thoughts and opinions because, and it is, it's hard to hear from outside sources when it's not friendly but at the same time it's like setting that boundary of being like i just have to focus on like doing my own stuff and whatever they feel is how they feel and that's on them <laughs> like and i do i'm like i totally struggle with that i'm just like i'll call my mom and i'm like do you know what happened but every time i struggle with this literally my brother is my brother's fucking amazing in his own accord he's an incredible entrepreneur and his branding is fucking insane and he's yeah. done it all himself. Shout like, out. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm in Detroit and I'm eating pizza and I say to the waitress like, oh yeah, like she was apologizing for how long it was taking. And I was like, girl, I know how long it takes to cook a Detroit style deep dish. Like, don't you rush. It's fine. I was like, oh yeah, my brother owns a pizza restaurant. She's like, oh my God, is it the professor? We love him here. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. I'm not even in my own neighborhood. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, is it the professor? oh my god but my brother deals with that shit a lot and so like but he is like the most resilient I'm like Dean this is happening he's like so he's like the guy from down the street came into my restaurant to eat my fucking pizza to try and copy it I made him two I'm like okay like (laughs) oh my god so you need people like that in your life and my dad is like that for me my I when I was doing like photography at the beginning I was like but like, what if people are better and they're charging this? And I don't know what to do. He's like, so why do you care? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I'm a soft fucking marshmallow. Like, I don't know, but we're <laughs> girls and we're emotional. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll totally be like, and he 
when I first started and I was like, yeah, but right away, like the, I think the first person who was like moving into this territory, I was like telling my brother and I was really upset. And he's like, yeah, but do they drive? Like I buy like my Swarovskis like in the States because I can't buy what I need locally. He's like, do they drive an hour and 40 minutes to hand pick all their Swarovski stones? He's like, they probably don't. So don't fucking worry about it. I'm like, and he's totally right. And he is like, for him, he's like, do you think they spend three days fucking preparing that dough? They don't. Yeah. And everyone's got their, their thing. And I think about like, even at a grocery store, I always, I always think about this when like this sort of conversation comes up. I'm like, do you know how many types of bread there are? They're just like at the very base level. Do you know how many different brands of toilet paper are? Guess what? They all do the fucking same thing, but someone's a little thicker, someone's a little softer, someone's cheap, but they're shittier. Like everyone's got their own fucking thing. It's totally true. And I'm really lucky that like the one, I have the fucking clients that have come to me and I've been able to build these relationships with, like, fuck am I lucky, man. These people are so rad and they're so wonderful. The fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm still painting six fucking sets of press-on nails a day is absurd. And I didn't do it on my own accord. Someone asked me if I would paint them a set and then it fucking, it's crazy. Like that's amazing. And it's not always, I don't think from my clients, it's not necessarily the need for press-on nails, but it's like, yo, that's my girl. We're not working right now. I'm going to give her this 20 bucks. Like it's fucking crazy. Like. I'm so lucky to have these amazing clients. Like my clients won't stray from me. Not some of them will, of course, that's just the way it is. But like, I have regulars who are like, now we're friends. I'm like, yo, it's Saturday. We got Taco Bell. You coming over? Like, we're <laughs> And now on a Saturday night, I'm doing one person's nails. And there's eight people sitting up here in my office eating Taco Bell and drinking White Claw. Like but that's, and, but that's exactly the, that's exactly the point is like, it's more than just what you're physically selling when they come in to get their nails done by you, it's an experience. You're going in to see you as a person. Like, and that adds on to like what makes your business so unique from everyone else because it's you. And like And I think when you don't think of it, like you don't always think of yourself that way. Like we were doing this exercise on my Zoom call for work yesterday. And when my one leader was like, I just think you're so courageous. Like, well I think I'm an irrational asshole. So that is the really like I would never call it that but holy fuck like that's really great and so if I'm having a hard time that my brother's like yeah but do they get like that big fluffy coffee you just saw my husband bring me if someone's sitting here I'm like yo you want a coffee girl we ain't pouring stuff out of a pot okay you getting a fluffy espresso in here too he's like that's what you're selling and that's the difference and every time I have a hard time like I'm really lucky because my core group of friends are just the fucking the best And every time I say this to Sierra, cause her boyfriend says it to her and then she'll say it to me. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm just having this person. She's like, you have the biggest dick. Nobody's dick's as big as yours. Like it's so fucking funny. <laughs> cause if she gets down on herself or when she's going to like, when she's going out of town to do these big PR trips, her boyfriend will say to her like, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And I fucking just like, I love it. Oh my god. I, I just want that to be the title of the fucking podcast. <laughs> the biggest dick. Biggest dick. You're the baddest bitch. Like, don't worry about what they're doing. You're a bad bitch. It's fine. Like, oh my god. I feel like I'm now gonna I'm gonna put that in my repertoire and like when I'm having a down day, that's what I'm gonna tell myself. 
That's fucking. Message me, be like, Elise, you're having a bad day. I got you. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, that's like, your support system is so important for whatever you're doing. Like, it makes everything, especially the hard times, it makes the good times so 10 times better, and it makes the hard times up to that 10 times better. Like, your support system is so huge, and I, and I feel so heavily for people that don't have that support system, because I feel really it is a privilege, because not everyone comes from a great family that can support them not even like not financially but just just love like just yeah. being like you can do this and I think that's just like a really wonderful thing that you have the friends and your brother and your mom like you have so many people that are there just like fucking cheering you on it's it makes everything so much easier like when I started making t-shirts initially when I was making t-shirts I wanted to embroider them oh shit. so I'm like mom I wanna I wanna um make t-shirts she's like okay great I'm like I think I want to embroider them She's like, well, an embroidery machine is a lot of money. Why don't you take my sewing machine? Let's trade it in and you can buy this. Like, I throw her some wild fucking ideas, man. And it never phases her. I wanted to turn 30 in New York. And maybe like three weeks before my birthday, my mom was like, uh, if you don't book a flight, like, we're not going to go anywhere. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I want to turn 30 in New York. And my mom was like, we're let's fucking go. Oh and, and I did. I turned 30 in New York with my mom. It was the fucking best three days ever. We had a blast. And then when we left, I was like, I want to turn 40 in Paris. <laughs> no one's going to want to travel with me when I'm that old. Like, not true. I still will. But like, every time I throw my mom some wild idea, and my brother too, like, anytime he'll call my mom and be like, yeah, I want to do this. She's like, great. Yeah. Cool. What do you need? What, what, what can we do? Fuck yeah. Like, when I started Puff, when I first moved here, this one's a great story because like my, yeah. When I started Puff, when I first got here, my stepdad's a mechanic, he keeps a bunch of cars on his lot. So when I got here, he gave me a car to get around. And it was like a little Pontiac. So when I started Puff, I wanted to do live events, which I don't really do much of anymore. Mm -hmm. So we had a cart built and I drove a fucking Pontiac. So it wasn't gonna fit in this goddamn car. So I started this business and like maybe four days later, I called my stepdad and I was like, yeah, I need a bigger car. Like this cart doesn't fit in here. He's like, oh, okay. Okay. Three days later, he's like, yeah, I got you a van. So come drop your car off, pick up this van. Like, thanks. Okay. <laughs> so I like, we swapped cars. Like I gave him the, the one he had given me like a week ago. And then I just, I, and then he, of course, I feel like he takes like, small enjoyment in it because he knows how much I hate it. So he gives me this giant 90s poo brown minivan. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. And I fucking hated it. I hated it, but of course it got the job done. And every time I could like, we went and bought bikes and there was like five bikes in the back of the van. I texted him and I was like, I put five bikes in the back of here and I fucking hate this van. He's like, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> like every time, like I just all this stuff in this van and I hate it. And it's and stupid. I, like, and I hate it, but thank you. Ugh. Every time I used to like, I'd go to the barber shop to get a haircut and I would park like two plazas over and walk so that no one would see me get out of it. But like, that's, as, it's just literally as fast as that. I was like, yeah, this, this car won't fit in my car and I want to do this and this. And he was like, great. Yeah. yeah, I got you a van. Come get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take your van. Let's go. Bye. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That's unreal. I want to ask you about like your relationship with failure because I feel like in business it is fucking, it's an, I mean, not a business. That's a fucking line in life. It's fucking inevitable, but I feel like it's the hardest. It's the conversation I have continuously with people 
it's the biggest thing they fear. And I want, what has your relationship been like with failure along the way? I mean, when I think like, just like I'm thinking back, like all these businesses, like my baby business would have been five or six years old now. Okay. I sold it when it was three. But even in those three years, I'm thinking, like, did I have any failures? And, and I, I don't feel like anything sticks out to failing. There was a lot of hardships, but I, I came out the other end, like, well enough that I can't think back to it, not to like something feeling like that. Yeah. And even when I'm like, now that I've moved into this like nail part, I'm so fucking grateful to see how many people I see a day. When I started, I was like, cool, I'm just going to do my own. And then when I was getting a little bit more popular, I was like, man, if I could just see two clients a day, holy fuck, like that would be amazing. If just two people a day wanted their nails done. And now I'm like, like it's fucking wild. But I try to remind myself like, what okay so like if everything crumbled around me and no one ever wanted their nails done by me ever again I'd be right back where I started which was I just wanted to do my own yeah so I think it's like a mindset thing I think that speaks hugely to like your mindset is like not even really looking at at it like a failure it was just like oh that was a bump in the road and then we got over it and we moved on to next thing and just kept going and you kind of like sort it out right like you're making like when you're making like t-shirts. Okay. So I would make like whatever I was making wasn't selling. You're like, Oh, I guess I'm just not going to make that again. I'm just going to work to this. Like, I don't know. I'm, I haven't been in my new role at Lululemon very long, but it's a wild ride. And it's something like, I wish that everyone could experience like on a bigger scale because it's a fucking crazy place to be. And like the way that they talk and the verbiage and like how they move through like their normal shit is like mind blowing. It'll blow your fucking mind, you know? In terms of like how they deal with like, like are we talking about like their fear or just like their business, like their attitude? Like just their like their, their attitude. Like the first day that we're like in training, they're like, yeah, it's really like selling black tights is fucking great. But like, what do you want to do outside of work? And how can I help you be successful in that? Like, it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. The fact that like for them, their full-time role doesn't require you to be in store 40 hours a week. So it's like, cool. I can work at Lululemon, get my fucking rockstar benefits, take care of my family. And I got all these extra hours in the week that I can pump through nail clients. Cause at shoppers, I was only able to take clients twice a week because I had to work 30 fucking two hours a week or some shit. Yeah. And then like, they're like, Hey, we're like, what are your, well, after I got hired permanently, cause that was like my goal from the outset. I was like, I want to stay because I quit my job like an asshole with no backup plan. So I was like, yeah, like I really want to stay. <laughs> um, after I had gotten to stay, like I'm out on the floor and my leader was like, okay, well you got here, you're staying. So like, now what, what's your next goal? Let's have coffee. Let's fucking hang out. What's the next, what's next up? Like, it's fucking wild. And no one has ever, like, I don't know, when I went to my first goals night, I went because I was, like, seasonal, and you want to show up for your team. So I wasn't really maybe as invested in it that first time I went, because I was like, I'm just showing up to, like, make good face because I want to stay. Yeah. Holy fuck, I got so much out of it. And I was like, man, I'm 30 years old, and I've never set a goal. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, well, you, you have been setting goals. You might have not have just done it, like, written it fucking down, but you have accomplished a shit ton in 30 years. And, like... 
when I'm in that space, the first goals night that we do, they're like, what are your goals? And I was renting like a space from um, an acquaintance, which I'm fucking grateful for because I didn't want to work out of my house. And like, super great. She was like, fuck yeah, you can rent in here. Like have the space. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. It was cool. It was great. I was really appreciative, but I would be there all day and all night and I wouldn't come home. I would go right from work and I'd be there and it was kind of getting shitty. And so in my goals night, I was like, yeah, I want to be home more. And uh, they're like, okay, well, how are you going to work on that? Whatever. And then literally like two weeks later, the girl I was renting from wanted more money from me. And I was like, actually, you know what? I think I'm just going to go work from home. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Like you just talked it out. And like, it just, and it just happened. It's crazy. I, I wish that everyone could experience a part of that life because it's very different for me. Mm -hmm. Like it's a big fucking change, but so worthwhile. Yeah. It's fucking wild. It's making me, hi Dolores. (laughs) (laughs) The cat is peeking in. You're so cute. I love you. Um, (laughs) but it's literally, I'm literally like, I need to go fucking apply to Lululemon. <laughs> Literally, like, that's an, that's an amazing company. And I've heard that, like we're saying, like, from everyone that works there. Yeah, and, like, when when you go through the hiring process, it was very long. It, it was very lengthy. And even to get to, like, that first group interview took me, like, over a year in applications to get to that first part. And then when I got hired on in the seasonal team, you meet all these other people, and you're like, Jesus Christ, these people are, like, fucking rock stars like they're the most amazing people like inside and out they've accomplished these incredible things they're the most beautiful people like they're so fucking great and I'm like who the hell has to decide who gets to stay because like goddamn, yeah fuck like yeah it's fucking crazy it's crazy and like I came from like makeup retail into that so it is like a change and I know we were talking like off off recording but like I came from like the land of like no rules man like we were fucking eating little Caesars we were having pizza delivered to the desk like to the (laughs) desk and then fucking standing there and eating it at shoppers at shoppers and then after Sierra stopped working there I would have to work my shift um till midnight every Monday so she would just come and fucking sit there for like four or five hours and we would just eat and hang out and she didn't even work there anymore oh my god oh my god honestly my boss probably thought it was a good idea to hire us and then almost immediately was like what the fuck when people see her and I together and our shenanigans, I'm like, do you know they used to pay us to go out of town and give us hotel rooms for trainings? They used to do that. Like, oh, my God. oh my God. So now that I'm in like this other land of Lululemon and it's like a huge change because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot different, but like holy attitude of gratitude. And I don't think I even practiced fucking that before. Yeah. Before this role. Yeah. But there, it, it sounds like it's, it's more than just like you have a job. It's like, they actually care about you as a human being. And that is the only other company that I can think offhand of people that I know that have felt the same way as Starbucks. They have another, they have a really good attitude and their business plan as well. I just like, it's changed the way, like when I started, I was only doing nails for like a very short amount of time before I left shoppers and then started working for Lulu. So like, it's just changed the way that everything around this like space this office this business has like run because like you've got these people like we're in the store and we're talking about what our um like they call it uh your big hairy audacious goal your b-hag so we're talking about our big hairy goals and I'm like oh yeah you know like you know me like I just want 100 puppies and fucking give me all the doggies and I want a million dogs and my leader was like listen man I know you want to adopt fucking 10 dogs and like that's great but um 
you should be talking about wanting to open like own a commercial space like that's the goal you should be talking about so we can help you get there and I'm like what blow your fucking mind man like like I'm sitting here working for you for Lululemon and you're telling me how I can build something elsewhere for on my own accord like that just does not happen that's fucking awesome I want I, I think it's also awesome to have this conversation because you are a business owner but not everyone might know that you also work another job yeah I do and I feel like that's a lot of like I try and post that as often enough as like this podcast does not make me money I work full-time and I sit in office and I fucking punch numbers but not everyone's like you don't see that that's not the glamour shit that's not the fucking highlight reel for Instagram so I think it is it's like it's very important to like for not even if it's just someone who wants to start a business and thinks they have to go all in all at once but just for like people in general to know like if you work, whatever job you're working and you're enjoying yourself, that's all that fucking matters. As long as you're happy. Sometimes you can't, you, you got to work your regular gig to fund your daydream. And that's like how I, that's how it is. And I'm just lucky that now I can fucking manage both because at shoppers, like I was managing both, but dude, I wasn't coming home. Like I I wouldn't see my fucking, my family could have moved out of this house and it would have taken me like a week to notice. Like I wasn't coming home and working. Now I work from home, which is dope. Like I have an office, like we're sitting in right now. So like, that's rad. But I think it's the, even when I lived in Vancouver and I was running that baby business, like I was a stay at home mom. So like, it was still a fuckload of work on top of that and work you don't get paid for. So yeah, (laughs) next level. (laughs) But like, I was never able to just like sit all in balls to the wall yeah entrepreneurship only and in this moment of the pandemic like I'm fucking grateful for that because there's a lot of other people in the beauty community and the entrepreneur community all over that are only fucking self-employed and now have nothing to fall back on and that fucking sucks man like I feel deeply for for people because you're not paying in maybe you have maybe you haven't been paying into like EI for your own accord so you have nothing to fall back on but like you know like my business is still taking, like my full-time job is still taking very good care of me. And so even if people weren't buying press-ons from me all week, I'd be all, I'd be all right. Like I wouldn't be fucking great, but I'd be okay. So I feel deeply for those people who like, don't, don't have that luxury, but I think it's important. You you don't have to fucking, you can, you can work your shit after work. If I'm off work at six o'clock, my first client's at six 30. And I'll take clients till fucking 10 or 11 o'clock at night, man. I don't care if you're willing to sit in this office that late. So am I. Fuck. Yeah. That's a good fucking attitude to have. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wind down to our last little section. I want you to pick a number between one and 365. And we're going to just get a random question for you. Cash, pick a number between one and 365. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then he picks 365. That's the first time I've gotten the last question. Let's see what it is. Ooh, this is a good one. How would you describe your future in three words? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. I got it. Big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Big dick energy. <sighs> Do you have three words other than my slide joke? No, that's fucking great. I'm using it. I'm keeping it. That's the fucking mantra. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. Pick another number. Uh, 182. 182. 
I know some of them are like surface level, some of them are deep. All right. Oh, this is nice. I'm such a, such a puss. Okay. What is the nicest thing someone has ever done for you? Fuck, I don't know. Um, You're surrounded by so many lovely people, so that's going to be a hard one to okay. nail down. I think, I think the moment that I talked about at the beginning of our chat, those girls at this little brick and mortar store in my home town little area in Vancouver, those girls giving me a chance to build, if they hadn't given me a chance, I don't know what the rest of it would have looked like. I don't, I don't know what it would have looked like. I don't know if I'd have felt shot down and shitty and not move forward. I don't know. They gave me a chance on a fucking whim and they kept my stuff in that store the entire time. Even after I sold that business, they kept selling my, my product. Oh my God. So I think that that was like a huge monumental change and like set the journey on fire for not just like my first business, but everything else to follow because it gave me the confidence that like I was good enough to like do fucking all this other stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's fucking, it's, it's with the, with the pathway for you. Yeah. Amazing. My last and final question that I ask everyone is because I come from my little photography background. If your life was a photograph, what would it look like? And it can be abstract as fuck. It could be like a one general image, whatever fucking comes to mind. I think it would look like this office stuffed with people and bags of Taco Bell and white cloth. <laughs> oh my God. And like you took the photo and all the way back, all you saw was crowds of people like at a concert, you know, but everyone had Taco Bell and white cloth. I did not know you had this Taco Bell love. I don't like Taco Bell. Oh, Oh my God. I literally just posted, I got an ad on my Instagram. It was like a tank top. And it says, if I were a princess, I'd be Taco Bell. And it's like the fucking rose in the glass, but like growing out of a fucking taco. I was like, how does my Instagram, I post a lot about Taco Bell, but like my Instagram knows that I have a fucking Taco Bell addiction. Straight up, straight up, like on Saturdays, I'll usually reserve Saturdays for like Ange or Sierra or Nat or someone's nails who's like one of my best buds that way like we turn it into a hangout yeah. but every Saturday you there's a mini fridge over in this corner there's a mini fridge full of white cloth and mini bottles of wine in my office and we get fucking sacks of Taco Bell we get a party pack and there's like three of us oh my god every Saturday that's the shit that's what we do in this office and when people find that out they're like yo can I make an appointment on a Saturday though like, Honestly, I'm literally like um can, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get my nails done and I want to have Taco Bell but now what it's turned into is like you'll find us up here on a Saturday and I'm just doing Sierra's nails and there's literally like eight people up here and it's my clients who like you build this this like relationship and they're like man like can we just hang out? Like, yeah, I just want to be here. Fuck yeah, we can. Like, you can come eat Taco Bell here anytime you want. <laughs> and you've built that community. And that, like, that just summarizes the goodness that you have created in everything that you've done. You're bringing people together because of you and you solely. And that's fucking badass. Honestly, like, before we were, were going to do this, I was just, like, fangirling. I just, I honestly, like, I just respect what you do and how well you do it. And you're, like, you, like, you have talked this entire podcast about, your best friend Sierra I just want you to know like I just think you're just the coolest fucking person and I look up to you so much and I just was so excited to do this podcast because I, I just want more people to just like feel your good energy and I don't even know you that fucking well and I feel that from you so that says a lot about like who you are as a person 
so fucking good on ya. <laughs> I'm so warm and fuzzy. I know, we're gonna get warm and fuzzy all at the end. <laughs> I'm fucking, between yesterday and today, I'm very fuzzy. Y'all fuzzy. <laughs> and I, I am so fucking grateful, and I appreciate that. And the point of, like, our warm fuzzies in my phone call yesterday was because you don't always see those things in yourself. So even for you saying that to me today, I'm like, fuck, I don't always see myself in that, in that light. So that's super great because I always account like being popular and successful to the fact that my best friend goes so hard, but it's not from column A, from column B. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. We did the podcast. We killed it. That was so fucking good, man. Like, yeah, that was fucking so, so good, too. I can't wait for this shit to be over so we can for really Taco Bell up here. <laughs> <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> and I also, like, I haven't eaten Taco Bell since this has all happened. I've had it once. I, so I used to live, like, down the street from Taco Bell. So I moved, I was in, living in Windsor for, like, two years. And it was, like, less than five minutes from my fucking house. Dinner. So the amount of Taco Bell that I ate was just astronomical. And now I've moved back to the county, like out in like Amsburg, River Canard area. And um, it's so far. So by, and I used to like go pick it up. And by the time I got home, it used to be warm and I would eat it in bed and watch Netflix. And now if I pick it up, it'll be fucking cold by the time I get home. So then I'd have to eat in the car. It's a whole thing. So I haven't been there. No, uh-uh. no, like the thing is like, I know that it was never clean before the pandemic, but now <laughs> I'm hyper aware so I just, I, I just really like 90% of our takeout has been like driving to Amazon. My brother's working at his Amherstburg store. And so we've just been driving to Amherstburg and getting like pizza. And he's like, if you don't want to come in the store, like I'll give it to you at the back door. Okay. okay. <laughs> we will get Taco Bell when this is all over and we'll fucking chill and I'll get my nails done. Something black and gothic because that's where my soul lies. Maybe a lemon, maybe a little lemon. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, this my love. so fucking dope, dude. Thanks for thinking I'm cool enough for this. Dude, you're the coolest. Don't ever fucking doubt it. Big dick energy every single fucking day. Like, you're going to think about it all the time now. I can't. I've oh, said it 12 times. You're the biggest dick. <laughs> biggest dick. I, I hope everyone listening really likes that. I would say if anyone takes anything <laughs> away from this episode, I just hope that they put that in their repertoire. <laughs> yeah. Guys, that is a motherfucking big dick energy wrap on this episode. <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be fun to record with Elise because she is just like the coolest motherfucker I know. And I don't, and like I said, I don't even know her that well. I just know her through pop-up events and through social media. And I was totally fangirling the whole time because I just admire her at such a length. Please go check her stuff out at badbabesnail.co. That's on Instagram. And you can also check her out at makeupbyelise. Like, just the motherfucking best. Everything she does is, like, touching gold. Please go support her. Send her your love. I know you're going to see her nail profile and be like, shit, I need to get these on ASAP Rocky. I hope you do. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm just, like, I'm just so giddy and giggly right now, and I just can't stop thinking about that I have the biggest dick. So, you know, everyone just needs to have that confidence in their life. And I'm just so glad I have now put that in my um, my little box of sayings. And I hope you do too. Have a great fucking day. And if you're not having a great day, I hope this brought you a little, a little piece of joy. So much lemon love. <laughs>